god, the latest episode we put out is the uh, it's d- genuinely difficult to listen to. It's what it's is... horror. It's truly horrific. It feels very appropriate to be What's here. Happened? Oh no, uh, just the the latest episode of Never Believe It, my Naruto podcast that we put uh... out, is genuinely. Oof! It's ew. <laughs> what um. <laughs> So what, what's the first, what, what is the, like, what is the number of the first episode y'all cover in Never Believe It? Uh, I'm curious. I'm curious, 20... like, how far, I'm, I'm curious how far Naruto gets with filler before it decides to go to the actual Okay, stuff. okay, okay. So, so the, the first episode of Naruto filler technically is episode 26, but that's, that's just a clip show. Yeah, it's a recap. Um, I remember so it contains a lot of canon. Um. The first actual proper filler episode is Naruto's Hot Springs Adventure, and I think it's around eighty or sixty. Like, hang on, like anime filler list. When I was um like earlier this year or late last year, I can't remember when. I was struck by like the once every three years desire I get to watch Naruto, um, and so I did, and I got farther than I normally do. Uh, I made it like uh. I don't really know. I let myself skip the first season because it is largely stuff I've read a bajillion times. But um, the I, I was curious looking. I, I looked this up later because I was curious about like how much filler there is in Naruto, and it was the funniest thing in the world seeing it go from like I, I don't know when it starts being. But at one point, the show starts being filler and does not stop until the very yep. final episode, which is so goddamn funny. Like yep. everything from episode like I, I don't know the number. This is just me pulling one out of my ass. Like everything from episode number two hundred twenty-five until the second to last episode is filler. Are you mean episode one hundred forty-three? I do mean episode one hundred forty-three. <laughs> Called Tonton. I'm counting on you. Is that when Naruto uh, cuts open a a mammal's belly and sleeps in it to survive on hot? <laughs> I mean, Tauntaun coins. Um, we'll find out uh, on in uh, shit. Actually, when we cover it, we're we're nearly at that point in Never Believe It. Um, currently on one hundred thirty-six. No, wait, we might be in one hundred forty. That might be our next episode, actually. So we we'll be able to tell well, you. You'll find out if Nar. You'll find out if Nart uh, puts a, a him-sized hole in a tauntaun. <laughs> yeah. Just <laughs> gotta get in there. I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm just imagining like a remember that uh, that game show Hole in the Wall or whatever the hell it was called. Like it had a bunch of different names based on whatever country it was airing in. But basically, is that the one where you had to jump in a certain shape through the hole? In yeah. Okay. Yes. I, um... I actually do remember that. I just now imagine like a no- I said Naruto shaped hole, and now I'm imagining just like a-, a hole that is just perfectly shaped for him, including all of the individual hair spikes. And there's no real punchline to this; it's just kind of what I'm imagining in my head. And I hope you all are enjoying it as well. Yeah, and you know Naruto climbing in there, going, "This hole was made for me." But I believe it. Never believe it. I refuse to believe it. What was the? Because that, I believe it was like a weird translation of Databayo, right? Like, that was... Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a thing it, he says. I'm right, no. I'm not it, quite he, sure why. Right. He he says that, which is like, and maybe not a weird translation, like, uh, and I, I don't know, imperfect? Like, the, imperfect in the same way that there's like no proper way to, to, to translate Nakama, the One mm-hmm. Piece word. In my understanding, at least. And so they just gave Naruto believe it. Never. Never. 
and, so and I now, was looking now... for this chart that I have that shows how much filler there is, but I I must have deleted it, which is very sad. Sorry. I've probably seen the go. chart. It's a good chart. I'm I'm imagining it in my chart. head right now, and I'm laughing. Ha ha ha. Okay, you want to talk about this movie? Yes, God, do I? Hell yeah, good movie. It's your number one social distancing podcast. I'm Sarah, and I'm joined this week by. Have you been on this podcast before? I feel like you nope. have. You've okay. Nope. You've only you've only been the 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 H Kip uh, uh, Ireland correspondent. And yeah, I'm, I did I, do that. I, I, I was on. Is this you were on Yu Gi Oh, but I wasn't there. Yeah, is this our first time podcasting together? This that feels like um, that no, be because right. you you came on unpick and talked about uh, yes, striped right. socks. I did talk about striped socks. <laughs> My brain was huge. Uh, go listen to Unpick. I fucking keep forgetting that I did that podcast, and it it doesn't exist to me. Sometimes it's weird. <laughs> I'm like fully immersed in Naruto. Yeah, you're fully immersed. You're fully immersed in Naruto and uh, and Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, and and, not, and when someone's just like, "Hey, Sarah, remember when you used to not do an an do a podcast that wasn't anime?" You just say, "What? I don't fucking Who? have ears." Who? It didn't happen. Oh yeah, by the way, this is Sarah. Also, hi. With an H. Also, two of them. Uh, I just realized I, did, I just realized I went off on that long tangent. I didn't actually introduce you. So this is Sarah. Hi, I'm Sarah. Sarah, tell the audience a little bit about yourself, and also, uh, what kind of what what your history with horror movies is, and also what. Like what your what what your favorite subgenre of horror movies is? God, I've had so many new people on, but I still can't get this down. Hi, I'm Sarah. As you can tell, I sound really great right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> don't you fucking ASMR this podcast? Hey, if you if, if you guys want some ASMR, sorry to keep going on about Never Believe It, but this Sunday we released an episode of my Naruto podcast, Never Believe It, a Naruto D Watch podcast, which is entirely ASMR, and it's genuinely. Oh, horrific to listen to. Um, so, um, yeah, hi, I'm Sarah. I'm Sarah Mook Costumes. I do the costumes. Um, like, that's my thing. I'm a costume designer by trade. Uh, I don't really have much um, of a history with horror movies, um, which is kind of weird. You know, like, I got, I got really into Evil Dead a few years back, um, kind of because of latex. Because um, latex, I really I love it as a material. Um, just love to something that rips and tears like flesh and that you can also sculpt fabric using it. Um, so you'd kind of think I was more into horror shit, but I'm, I'm kind of not. And I'm not really quite sure why, because every horror movie I've watched, I've been like, oh, fuck yeah. I mean, look, I mean, like the good ones I've watched. Um, and I've never, I'm never like scared or when I am scared, it's, I love, I like to be scared. But I think just, so there's something about the concept of 
sitting down and watching a horror film that my brain is like, no, no, it's bad to be scared. So don't do it. Um, and then when I actually do it, I'm like, oh, fuck, this is great. I should watch more horror movies. Um, you know, I've very much, very much enjoyed Annihilation um, the other That's year. And I've been, I've been, I, I've actually kind of stopped listening to fear baiting because you keep covering movies that I want to watch. And I'm like, I can't listen to that because I want to watch it. That is a more common complaint than you would think. Oh, uh, so but it worked out pretty well. I just, we miss Weed Minute. No, I was literally looking at my clock six minutes ago. No, like, okay, gotta make sure to, gotta make sure to pay attention in three minutes. I was like, tomorrow is 420, we've got to hit Weed Minute, but we missed Weed Minute. No. It's okay. It's okay though because there's still there's still actual 420 to hit on the actual day itself. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Glisters, when you're listening to this, make sure you remember Weed Minute. Always venerate yeah, the make, Weed Minute. Yeah, make sure you hit. Make sure you make sure you hit the Millie Rock on Weed Minute. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know what the in Millie perfect, Rock is, per- but definitely hit make it. Make sure you hit, make sure you hit the Millie Rock in perfect formation with uh, your with ten thousand of your eunuch brethren. Oh, bad podcast. Uh, so we watched <laughs> the Lighthouse this week. Well. You watched The Lighthouse this week. I watched The Lighthouse again a couple of weeks ago. I watched and... The Lighthouse this morning and I had a time of it, let me tell you. It's great. Oh, I've not experienced a morning lighthouse viewing. It's always been a late it's always been a late night thing for me. Because uh, I, I saw it in theaters on the same day that I saw Parasite, which was like a mind blowing double feature. Mm, mm. And then I watched it again like uh, two weeks ago at like like seven. Mm mm. Ish. I mean, I only watched it this morning because, like, I hadn't watched it. We've been meaning to do this since, like, last November. Since it came out, basically. <laughs> and I because was like, we, we... yeah, we'll do it in November. I'll go see it in the cinema in November in America. And then didn't do that. And then I was like, okay, well, we'll do it in January. I'll go see it in the cinema in January. And it's not April. And I just watched it, like, eight hours ago because <laughs> you just, you just, it's fine. It's so, sometimes it is so hard to watch a movie. <laughs> Watching, like, I have not been, like, I was, I knew I was coming on, and I was like, oh yeah, fear beating, they, they do, like, light bringers, and then I was like, I haven't been consuming media for the last four weeks, what have I done? I, I, I don't know, I haven't watched anything. I, I do, I do understand you with the, how hard it is to, like, watch anything, because, like, I have, I have been like, damn, I really got to watch Your Name for like the last three years, pretty much ever since it came out. Like that movie has been sitting at the at the top of my watch list. Like I have, I, I literally am subscribed to a streaming service upon which I can watch that movie. And yet I have yet to pull the trigger on it because I'm so bad at watching fucking movies. Yeah, yeah. I, I see. Okay. Luckily, Your Name is a movie I saw in cinemas. Like I see like two movies a year. And that was one of them, like whenever it came out, which I'm very... We did I got it. very confused. Did what? ADHD brain just went apeshit because I forgot we were talking about a movie for a second, and I was very confused because you said, "Oh yeah, I saw your name in a movie," and I was like, "Oh, what movie was called Sarah?" <laughs> I mean, if it had been called Sarah, I would have said my name. <laughs> That's the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you want to talk it's, about it's the, the uh, It's the it's the Nedroid comic, the uh, the Anthony the Anthony Clark comic, where it's like. Your name? My name. I'm? I'm? Um, yeah, so I watched this this morning and I took like notes on paper and a lot of my notes consist of little square doodles of just the frames. Um, I'm looking at <laughs> Can them. you post some of them? I, I, these might have to go into show notes. Yeah, yeah, I'll take some wee photos. Where's my phone? I've also consistently referred to Robert Pattinson as R. Pats in my notes. 
that's 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 that is not only respectable but necessary. Just, just I'm bringing back the Twilight vibe. Remember Twilight? What a great oh, franchise! I eh? saw all. I saw almost all of those movies on opening night. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think I didn't see Eclipse post-eclipse but the uh, you know i have a distinct memory of going to see new moon as like a fucking 12 year old or some bullshit and then yep. the people in front of us in the cinema like kept turning around to tell us to shut the fuck up because every time taylor lautner came on screen with his shirtless we'd all go ah! or make a fucking weird <laughs> it was like why did we do what like we did not know what sexual attraction was i still don't know what sexual attraction is but at least i'm not pretending yeah i uh the god you know what other movie i saw in theaters around that time remember vampires suck uh, you might not i do that, remember actually. vampires suck i never saw okay. it but i do remember it i was gonna say i don't know if like the 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 lesser uh, the I don't know what exactly uh, if the entire Wayans Brothers genre made it out of the states because that feels like a that feels like a very American I don't kind of bad. think it came out in theaters here okay okay um, yeah I def I definitely saw that one in theaters I saw a superhero movie which was I'm sorry I'm just talking about all the Wayans Brothers movies that I've seen now, but I am just thinking about that scene in a superhero movie where Drake Bell does a funny piss into a 7-Eleven cup from the ceiling while he's doing a Spider-Man crawl, and then Leslie Nielsen drinks it, and then is like, mmm, piss. I've seen that movie at least three times because it was one of the only <laughs> movies... It was... when Okay, so whenever I was, like, 13, 12, I got myself an iPod, um... And I discovered you could put movies on... And this was, like, one of the original iPods with, like, the one-inch size screen. And I wanted to put a movie on it, so I managed to, like, illegally or somehow download, a, like, a movie. But one of the only movies I had was a superhero movie. So I used to just, like, watch that. I've seen that movie at least five times. I do I'm not so remember sorry. her drinking piss. I, 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 I literally stopped watching that movie after the scene where Leslie Nielsen finds his dead wife so hot that he tries to fuck her in the in the casket at the funeral. Fuck. I think I've just... Remember that scene? Eternal sunshine, that movie, out of my mind, because now you mention it, that did fucking happen. Sure, it sure fucking did happen, eh? <laughs> <sighs> okay, I've posted pictures of my notes. Oh, these are incredible notes. I'm just... Okay. Pretty movie. So... So, Bobbert Eggers, The Lighthouse. Bobby Eggs, Bob. as, as, my as me and my friends call him. Oh no, my notes are out of order, though. Fuck. Why did I do this uh, on paper? So, we have, we have, we have, what are there, five actors in this movie? And not counting the seagulls? A whole five? Got, uh, so, I counted, there's Willem Dafoe, there's Robert Bob Pattinson, Pats. obviously. There's the blonde guy, there's, there's the titty mermaid. And then there's also there is at least like the head of the guy of uh of, oh yeah uh, Willem Dafoe's former co wiki the the lobster basket head yeah. yeah 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 and then I think that's the only people in this movie there are two Willem Dafoe's at one point I think are there two Robert Pattinson? there's two Robert, there's two are Patses um oh yeah here's the start of my notes um yeah like. I, I actually, I thought for, because there's no dialogue for the first seven minutes. Um, so I was like, oh, are this, is it just going to be no dialogue in this movie? That's neat. And then they, they did, they did, they did that. 
They did talk with their accents. They talked with what the with, fuck was Arpat's accent? I think that was a conscious choice. Oh no 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 yeah. The place. Like because like he does an American accent in Twilight New Moon movie, um, which we've all seen in cinemas release. So he like he can do it. So. But but I I th- I've got I've got some kind of like do we want to like go through kind of plot stuff or just kind of talk about movie we can do like we can do like I mean there the the plot summary is pretty bare bones uh, and I I like this movie a lot but I have a hard time keeping exactly what happened in what order because it is just like a lot of, it, it, the movie is like kind of intentionally like that it's a lot of just scenes mm-hmm. and this sounds like I'm making a bad this sounds like I'm saying a bad thing about the movie but it's actually a good thing IMO because it's very important no, it's, that you it's, personally it's very feel disorienting. Robert Pattinson's uh, like yeah disorientation. But, um, so basically the story of it is that Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe are marooned, well, they're not marooned, they are, uh, they're wikis, like, they're lighthouse keepers sent to this island that has, I think it's a real island, or like, you know, based on a real island, it's a very small island with a lighthouse on it, and their job is to maintain the lighthouse. Willem Dafoe is the guy who is the older guy, uh, Robert Pattinson has been at this for a while. Nope, sorry, backwards. Uh, Robert Pattinson is the new guy, uh, uh, Willem Dafoe has been at this for a while. Uh, they have their arguments and they have their bounding, and then Robert Pattinson, the I believe it's like the day before, there's a couple of days prior to them going home. Uh, Robert Pattinson kills a seagull that has been tormenting him this entire time. Yeah. Uh, and then things go, and then things kind of go, uh, things kind of go off the rails. The the ship that's supposed to come for them and uh, doesn't come, and then. The date, like Robert Pattinson, just kind of maybe Robert Pattinson goes in, goes not so, or maybe uh, Willem Dafoe is losing it, or maybe both, or maybe neither. It's really hard to say. Um, they both say, "Let's McFucking lose it," and then they McFucking lose it. Yeah, they get out of their minds, and uh, then they do Robert Pattinson, Willem Dafoe pet play. Uh, <laughs> Did not Robert expect Pattinson. there to be pet play in this movie. <laughs> Robert Pattinson kills Willem Dafoe, and then uh, he. Uh, looks into the lighthouse, which is sexy. Uh, it's it, well, not sexy. It's kind of like an otherworldly temptation. I mean, it is very to, phallic. Uh, it is, yes, um, and it does come. It does uh, come. It's definitely more otherworldly than anything, like a, a like a, a kind of like a void that you just kind of can't help but stare into. And he looks into that, and then he falls down a bunch of stairs and gets eaten by seagulls. And then that's the movie. That's the movie. Um, good movie. Good movie. Good movie. Very much a mood, you know, in these trying times. Um, I was going to say something before you did the summary, but I have forgotten it. Oh man, I'm loving, I'm loving your drawings. Is so are there much. any you'd like me to go over? Uh, <laughs> what? What is this one that you've drawn of Robert Pattinson in the foghorn? He gets into the foghorn to clean it. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. I thought this was you uh, drawing him, like, trying to fuck the lighthouse at the end of the movie and then falling down the stairs. He's just, there's a lot of holes in this movie and stuff coming out of them and people getting into yeah. them. Um, yeah. It's almost because, it's like the light is holy. It makes you think. It makes you think. Um, I just, I just thought it was... You know, I've like I've a lot of because this movie was square format. It, um, you know, I thought a lot about the notion of vertical cinema, um, and how you know usually, 
Because there was a festival in Glasgow a few years back, which I never actually ended up going into, which they showed a bunch of vertical cinema films. Um, uh-huh. You know, like with the kind of phone format, and I think a lot of them were filmed on phones. Um, right, there was that movie that came out. There was that horror movie from a couple of years ago that came out with a horrible title that I've heard is actually pretty good. It was like Unsane, I think, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that was filmed entirely on iPhone. Yeah, yeah, but like a lot of just a lot of the shots in this movie are like dependent on it being square format because um, everything is it's kind of got to be very centered. Um, right. You know, because there isn't really the room to go side to side and still make it look good. Um, mm-hmm. And it also really works with just the light, because there's like a lot of panning shots up the lighthouse because it's so long, um, and that really works with the square format because you're not you're not kind of just kind of looking because otherwise you'd be looking at just empty space at the side of the screen because the lighthouse is, you know, yeah, up down. It, it 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 makes it more like monolithic. Yeah. Like, it takes up so much of... It takes up... it Like, percentage-wise, it definitely takes up... I, I think that's, like, meant to sort of... Uh, uh, what's the word? It, it's meant to be, I guess, emblematic of the, the the way the lighthouse is in the island, where it's kind of, like, the only thing, the only reason that, that, that like, that people... You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's very... Like, monolithic. Yeah, like, like there's, there's a lot... It's Because, you know, throughout this movie, it, to me, this is, like, a... Like, they're worshipping the lighthouse, essentially. Like, the light is sacred at the top of the lighthouse. And um, William Dafoe is, like, the priest or, like, the hierophant of the light. And he's like, only I access the light and you're not worthy of the light. Um, And it's very, like, you know, religious in that sense. Definitely. Um, You know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like he's, like, um, like the the Lord of Light, like Melly Sanders. Like, um, you know? Willem Dafoe, right. Melly Saunders. Oh, I wish Willem Dafoe would take off his red pendant and become old and then bones. <laughs> That's the secret. William Dafoe is old the whole time. They didn't tell you that in the movie. And if you think about it, Robert Pattinson would be the representation of the drowned god because he does he drown at some point. He he does goes underwater. Whatever. He has a he has a dream where he goes for a swim. I think that's when like all the logs clear out and there's that mermaid in the middle of it and then he wakes up. It's early on in the movie that he has that dream. Yeah, I'm that's sure. that's one of the first scene. I think that was kind of the first scene in the movie that where I was like, Okay, mmm Yeah. No getting somewhere. because um, you know, he's just kind of walking along the beach and then suddenly he's in the water and then suddenly he's under the water and I was like, ooh, 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 ooh. Mm, good shit. Yeah, this movie is very, very good. Uh, so the the seagull is possibly one of my favorite things in this movie. Uh, I'm I'm kind of gonna talk about this movie in like vertical chunks. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like I, I so no, yeah, know. same. I fucking love the seagulls in this movie. There were three of them apparent. Well, there were multiple seagull actors, but there were three of them specifically that they had to play the one-eyed seagull who was constantly tormenting Robert Pattinson. Uh, which I thought was just. I, I don't. Know. I love the seagull. The seagull is such a fucking prick, and I love it. I like it's weird because I they didn't. I didn't kind of pay much attention to the seagulls, other than when whenever the, I I thought for a while that the seagull because you know Defoe talks about how seagulls are the souls of dead sailors. Yeah. Um, so I was like, the oh, the seagull must be like the soul of the previous lighthouse keeper trying to like warn our pats. Um, right. But then he was just an what asshole did- to him. 
What dissuaded you from that theory? Because I, I, I'm also pretty confident in that because the, the sequel has one eye, and I'm pretty sure the headless corpse that uh, uh, Robert Pattinson fishes up also only has one eye. Yeah, so I, like, it probably is a thing. It's just never, you know, it's never really Explicitly developed. Stated. Yeah. Or it's never confirmed. Not that it isn't developed. It's never, like, but that, why would it be confirmed also? Right. So much of this, so much of this movie is left unconfirmed. I think to me, like, Robert, pa- I think that I think that is pos- I think that's definitely a possibility, and I think it's at the very least what the movie wants you to what the movie wants you to see that as. But I also think that like Robert Pattinson sees it as like the ghost of the guy that he killed, and it's taunting him, and that's why he snaps and fucking kills it. Yeah, in one of in possibly the most gratuitous animal death scene in recent film history. I really yeah. can't think of an animal. I, I like there have definitely been animals that have gotten like you know killed or like maimed on screen, but I don't think any any I don't think I've seen an animal get like turned into a fucking tenderizer uh, for thirty seconds straight. Like it's probably it's probably the most violent scene in the movie. Uh... Like you know there's a, there's a, there's you know they have fights they you know they come at each other with axes and shit, but there's yeah they're, they're, as far as like. The kinetic energy of violence goes, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I guess violence has a kinetic thing. Yes, okay. Yeah. It's just like his... I, I, my my content my contention was going to be the end of the movie where he is just like half a person. Yeah, but, uh, that's not like, that's not really a violent scene more than it is like a gory one. It's just like is... it's a still, it's almost a still image. The end of the movie where it's and it, it's very. Who's the guy from mythology who had all his it was tied to a rock and all that shit. Uh, that guy. Oh my fucking god. Fucking... How do I not know this? Prometheus. That's yeah. It's it's like it's that kind of shit. Um, where it's just like here is the moral of the story. If you go to a lighthouse and try and worship the Lord of Light that lives in the light, you'll you'll become Prometheus. Or you know. Um, I hadn't even considered the Promethean angle, but like that bird is definitely chomping on his liver. Yeah. Um. Yum, yum, yum. But. So I don't disagree with that take on it, but I also wonder, like, that in contention with, uh, you know, the, cla- the the rhyme of the ancient mariner classic of don't kill a fucking seagull, you dumb piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah. It makes you, it makes you think. It's not, and you know, not that there can't be two meanings, you know, things, sometimes, sometimes the curtains are blue and they have meaning. Yeah, sometimes you get two. Sometimes you do get two. Um, the seagulls are just very fun, though. I, I like when they're, like, pecking on his window when he's trying to crank off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, speaking of Robert Pattinson cranking off... Should I, we I talk about we have, the wanking like, scene? I think we have the, the... Possibly the least sexual thing a person could possibly jerk off to in movie history. I just... Like... The, this, this, like, little wooden... What's, what's the word for it that I... I mermaid? Siren? No, I know. I know it's like a mermaid, but like the the word to describe like the little wooden thing. Uh, amiibo. <laughs> yeah, he finds a mermaid. He finds a mermaid amiibo and jerks off to it so hard that he breaks it. Is fetish the word you're looking for? Yes, fetish was the yeah. word I was looking for. Thank you. Though I do prefer amiibo. Yeah. So he finds a little. He finds a little. Uh, when he gets like the first night that he gets there, he finds a little wooden mermaid uh, amiibo slash fetish slash tchotchke. Uh, and is like, oh damn, that's pretty sexy. And then he like jerks off. Yeah, I mean, just the wanking scene. It was just, it was so intense, and it confused me so much. 
Yeah, but it he's was... just like standing. He's just like standing there and just like furiously cranking his hog. We, we kind of we see like his face and the rest of his body's in silhouette, so we don't actually see the we don't actually see the fucking the the fucking gifts and the, the goods and packages. We don't see. But um, he does like crumble the mer- he does crumble the mermaid amiibo into dust when he's done. Yeah, it was just it was so in- the, and the, you know they did the thing where there's all his flashing images and they were of like tentacles, the mermaid he found on the beach earlier in his mind, like a like a yonic fish thing. Yes, yes, yes. A lot of tentacles. The, the fish that's like the fish that's like half pussy on the bottom. Yeah, yeah. Um. Uh, Yannick the Hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I, I'm going to... Someday I'm going to make a podcast called Yannick the Hedgehog, and I don't know what the fuck it's going to be about, but I am going to make it. Just just gonna, don't just writing <laughs> down Yannick the Hedgehog on my desk, and I'm going to say it later <laughs> on a podcast, and everyone's going to think I'm really funny and original. Uh, hold on, I need to do a quick Google before I make this joke. <laughs> Um. Oh, what the fuck? Is, okay, yes. Okay. Uh, what were we talking about two seconds ago? Yannick the Hedgehog, Robert Pattinson. Yes. Okay. Yannick the Hedgehog is gonna be my my Georgia O'Keeffe speed painting series. <laughs> <laughs> I had to. I I couldn't remember if it was I, I, for some reason I mixed up Georgia O'Keeffe and Frida Kahlo in my head just because their names both have K in them. I'm pretty uh-huh, sure. Uh-huh. Uh, so if George O'Keefe had a Sonic OC, what did it anyway? Um, <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah, but the um, so the the the, the Pussy Mermaid, uh, he finds the little he finds the little uh, the little amiibo of it. He has the dreams of the mermaid. He also uh, like thinks that he one day one night he like sneaks up to the lighthouse to do. Something I'm not entirely sure, and Willem Dafoe is like in there, and it sounds like he's coming, and there are tentacles, and it's just kind of like gooshing, like cum. Yeah, there's just like cum dripping from the top of the light. Um, I just semen stains the lighthouse top. Semen stains the lighthouse tops. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that like again that moment in the movie where our Pat's is at the top of the lighthouse, and I was like. Because the one thing I'd heard about this movie was there was, like, a lot of bodily fluids in it, which I think is unrepresentative because there's a lot of cum in it, but there's not, you know, there's no, like, there's blood? Not really. Okay, actually, there's a lot of blood. There's a lot of urine. There's a lot of vomit. Okay, retracted statement. There is a lot of bodily fluids in this movie. There's shit. There's cum. But it's mostly cum. This movie is, like... As far as bodily fluids go, this movie is like ni- this movie. Uh, as far as fluids go, it's like number one alcohol, number two cum, number three water. Long ago, of- the three elements together. Everything changed when the cum nation attacked. Our <laughs> uh. Pat's master of all four humors. Um, What's the fourth? We, okay, wait, wait. The, the three we have so far are water, cum, and alcohol. What's the fourth humor? Uh, the lighthouse oil. Because they drink that as well. <laughs> okay, yeah. Oh, that's right. He does drink that. Oh, I forgot about that. Like, everything kind of really goes tits up when they start drinking the lighthouse light oil. Um, yeah, like, like, uh, uh, fucking... 
go, going stir crazy is one thing, but like Robert Pattinson sure took every step along the way to make sure he went as stir crazy as possible. Yeah, yeah, like you know, he's not doing all the healthy things that we should. We are all doing in quarantine, like taking our one legally allowed walk every day and doing yoga, and making sure to catch up with his relatives on Zoom calls. He's not doing I those got, things. I got fucking invited to a Zoom call uh, by my mother, uh, and it was terrifying I, I i like fired it up in the middle of doing something else i don't know what the fuck it was but like i fired up the call in the middle of doing something else because i was like fucking why not i don't care and then uh i and i i opened it up and i saw that my mother and my cousin in california were on that call and i was like i'm going goodbye don't bye uh and i just immediately deleted the app from my phone <laughs> yep yep um my my you know my mom keeps talking about zoom and stuff and i'm just like mm, no no we're good we're, I, I don't i'm gonna that. go on discord and play jackbox games with the pigot chat so bye um, yeah mom jack my box perhaps <laughs> um speaking of jacking your box <laughs> Yes, but actually, speaking of Jackie Brooks, there was one thing I wanted to bring up, uh, which is among the flashing images that Arpat sees when he's having a wank, is that's when he finds the severed head in the lobster pot. Yes, like it alternates between him having a wank, you know, seeing fish pussy and all that, and then he's like pulling fussy, fussy. (laughs) He sees the fussy, and that's when he like pulls the crate up. So I like initially assumed that like this was a thing he was like hallucinating and like kind of wiking off over um but then later on in the movie it kind of turns out that that head was a real thing he found and not a thing he imagined which i, yeah, I love a plot movie... twist like that when it's like oh this is real actually yeah this movie plays fast and loose like just because one more this movie plays really fast and loose with this it's very like dreamlike in that nature you have basically between cuts like you have no way of knowing whether or not the the cut what it's cutting to is happening in reality or in fantasy and it's because the main characters really don't seem to know mm-hmm. what's going on either it's a very it's a very frantic you know i i paprika is one of, is like my all-time favorite movie i just watched it again the other day um i think one of the things that paprika does so well is that like every single time there is a cut you really can't tell if for sure whether or not it's in the dream or in the real world and I think this movie, uh, and it really helps disorient you. It, put, it puts a real deep sense of fear in you in a movie that is already pretty scary with its imagery. Um, and I think this movie does a really good job of that as well. Like, um, Yeah. I, I very much thought that, you know, it walks the line between, you know, world and other world. You've got, like, underwater, above water, you know, sea and light, sky and land. And it just kind of, like, meanders side to side between those two realms um yeah it really exists well. on the um it exists on the uh liminal spaces <laughs> yes thank you i couldn't think of that um and and it's also i've written down some this there's a lot it's very much a movie about the sublime i thought um go on you know there's there's so many especially towards the start of the movie everything is just overwhelming run there's a lot of shots of just like the pure anger of the sea coming just crashing up against the rock you know the a lot of the movie is just like lashing rain and the kind of whole you know that little square of the screen is just like covered in lashing rain and just like that rain when you feel like you're out in it and it's just like pelting against you it's like the most overwhelming thing um but this like this because the sea is you know typical 
you talk about like romanticism. This is me fucking using my, actually using my art school education for some goddamn thing. You know this. Activa- is, activating your brain. I'm activating my. Oh, hold on, I got a shift into art school mode. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Are you okay? That sounded like it hurt. It, it hurts to shift into art school mode. Um, but no, because you know the sea is to to talk about like romanticism. And you know all those sort of thinking of like Raft of the Medusa Turner paintings. Uh, it was very like Turner painting esque, actually. This movie in a lot of ways, um, just the turmoil of the sea, and it's like you know, um, as well as that in this movie, there's the light, which I think is also a sublime thing because they're out in this rock in the middle of the sea and that's overwhelming but the only thing they have to cling to the only thing their job is is to like keep the light so I, you know that kind of well the only thing they have to cling the only, the only thing they have to cling to is the light and each other which is why this movie is so goddamn homoerotic but I have to ask uh, at what point are you tying all of this around to uh, BDSM Citrus <laughs> get it? no sublime god fuck I'm sorry. If you if you, if you just want to like do if you just want to do plugs now and then leave for the rest of the show, I'll understand. No, no. Uh, oh, I love it. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of there's a part in this where um, the, there's a Caravaggio painting. Yes, it's this. It's the shot of Willem Dafoe and he's naked and he's standing over Arpats. Who's like and squatting on the ground? Ah, uh, his son. Yeah, and like Willem Dafoe's eyes are like illuminated like a fucking laser into Arpatz's, and it's very like, you know, or like a lighthouse, like a lighthouse. Um, and just the framing and the posing, and like especially the, like one naked figure and one like closed figure, and they're very like statically posed. It was, it was just like a frame perfect Caravaggio painting. Um. As in, like, there's an actual Caravaggio painting that they're um, imitating, I, or it just was reminiscent? It was that. reminiscent, but there might be... Did Caravaggio, perchance, do Saturn devouring his son? Uh, no. That is a romantic painting, I believe. Uh, Caravaggio is is more, like, Baroque, like, 16... 15... Okay, Caravaggio is, like, 1500s, and then Romanticism, which is another thing this film is, seems very tied to, is, like, 1800s. Um... List of paintings by Caravaggio. It's, I think. Have you ever seen that viral video of the like actors and they're recreating paintings? Like. Probably at some point, but not enough. Not well. I I do not know that video well. I'm just yeah. remember it. Um. I'm just googling Caravaggio paintings right now. Yeah. I, I, I see it. I see it. I mean, it's the vibe. This like. Yeah, it's it's absolutely the vibe. That shot, that shot is so good, also. It's, it, like, genuinely takes my breath away every time I see it. Yeah, it's, like, it's kind of, I think it's, like, the shot of the movie for me. Like, I that's the one shot that I actually took a screenshot of, because I was like, oh, I want to see this all the time. Hell yeah, yeah Naked Willem Dafoe. But that is my screensaver. Definitely either Naked Willem Dafoe or Willem Dafoe as uh, Triton, King of the Sea. Yeah, yeah. Um... Because at the end of the at the end of the movie, when like Robert Pattinson is like full on does not know anything that's happening or not, like like the, I mentioned earlier that like things between cuts seem extremely hard to tell. Like cuts are there. There's no there. It feels like there was a really hard. 
it's hard to tell continuity through cuts, especially and Willem Dafoe either gaslighting or losing it, or maybe he's sane and Robert Pattinson is losing it, or something is just like constantly. I don't want to say that Robert that Willem Dafoe his character is is lying about like the passage of time, but I also just like it's it's not what has been represented on screen. I don't know if that's an, I don't know if he's doing that intentionally. I mean, for me like Willem Dafoe is absolutely lying about everything in this movie um like to me it seemed like he was like you know they they don't fall into like fucking hero villain dynamic but like it's the movie to me is from the point of view of Robert Pattinson and like you know Willem Dafoe is his tormentor hmm. Dafoe the tormentor <laughs> King of King of Wrestling, Defoe the Tormentor, <laughs> three-time um, champion, Willem Defoe. Um, yeah, I don't know why I'm so reticent to believe that. To, to me, this is so much more uh, a story. Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know where. I don't know. This movie. This, I feel like this movie is asking me to decide where how I feel about what, what my take on it is. But I don't know. I, I don't really know if Willem Defoe is the is if he is well in the tormentor. <laughs> I know, I like, mean, no, I that's just he... how it sat for me. And no, yeah, totally. Yeah. And I think this is a movie. I, I don't know if there is this is a, there is a right answer to this movie, but uh, the 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 reading that I got was that there. The, I, I, it's kind of it's kind of like a three way tie, but the the what I'm leaning is that like Willem Dafoe was being antagonistic, but has also like careened off the edge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I, I think, I think maybe to start with, he may have been fucking with Robert Pattinson, but I don't know if that's like, I don't know. I, I don't have strong, I don't have strong, smart thoughts on this. Yeah, I mean, my thoughts on it were, you know, I have a lot of notes uh, for like the first half of film where R. Pats is doing all the work, like he's fucking toils and toils and labors under the hot sun and in the blistering rain and you know there's a scene where he like carries a really heavy crate of oil up the hundreds and hundreds of stairs to the lighthouse and then Willem Dafoe walks in like a minute later and is like oh you could have just used this and produces like a smaller canister of oil um which we then do see them drink out of later which is how I figured out they were drinking the lamp oil um Slurp, 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 slurp. Yummy, yummy. They do. They mix it with honey to make it taste good. So it's fine, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it is. Um, the movie is very insistent for me, anyway. That like, our Pats is the only one in the in the group project doing any work, and Willem Dafoe is just sitting there like, army leg is broken. I can't do this. Yeah, I definitely. Um, yeah, I do agree with that. Which, I. I... And it kind of culminates at the end of the movie whenever uh, our Pats finds the Defoe's like logbook, and Defoe's logbook is all like, "Oh, the assistant is really lazy. I'm not going to pay him anything." And our Pats is like, "Oh, you're not going to pay me," and kills him. He did. He did say "fuck bosses" and killed his boss. It, yes, see. This is a movie about revolution. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I sorry that I'm like being sorry that I keep like feeling like I'm like hemming and hawing about this. I'm just trying to nail down how I feel, and I really am having a hard time with it. So no, I've I've come. I have this like loads of notes because I just really enjoyed watching this and th- hashtag thonking about it. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm I'm going on on one. Yeah, as as is your as is your as is your right. 
I'm looking at things. Do you want to talk about the just the homoeroticism in this movie? Because we haven't really touched on that. The homoeroticism in this movie is like, don't they actually kiss at one point? They don't kiss. They're like, where is it? Inches away. Yeah, like the kind of yeah, because the 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 and the, like the order of this is because kind of this is this was the the climax of the movie for me, um, which is kind of. You know, the, the, it comes right after the wanking scene. There's a wanking scene. We see the severed head. And, and then the, and it, there's a wanking scene and then the climax comes. Exactly. It's the literal <laughs> climax of the movie. But like straight after that wanking scene is when, you know, they start drinking and they're dancing and they're yelling and they're like holding each other tenderly and then they're holding each other tenderly and they like nearly kiss and then they have a fist fight and then they hold each other tenderly some more and it's just like this really, really intense section of the movie um yeah and then robert pattinson or uh, uh robert pattinson says hey your lobster fucking sucks shit <laughs> and willem dafoe is like i will curse you now that, that i am about to do uh, willem dafoe just willem dafoe says stand back i'm going to go ahead and earn myself an emmy the fucking the curse he gives um it's genuinely one of the best like it is Phenomenal, and the fact that the fact that my man did not get a, like a best supporting actor nomination for this or best lead actor, I'm not sure if he would be considered a supporting actor. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. Um, like Oscars are bullshit, but also like the the lack of respect given to these dramatic performances in horror movies is always so frustrating to me. Like you know, everyone always talks like everyone talks about how Tony Collette was robbed for us, and like she was. Yeah. But like this goes back forever. Like I mean. Ghostbusters, for example, I always like to talk about this one because it makes me fucking mad as hell. Mm -hmm. um, Ghostbusters by Ray Parker Jr. Uh, did not win Best Original Song in the year that it came out <laughs> at the Oscars. Jesus. Because that movie was both a horror movie and a comedy. Even though, <sighs> even though Ghost, even even though Ghostbusters by Ray Parker Jr. is like the best song ever to be made for a movie, it's, it's the only song. There's no other songs. That's the only one. No other songs have ever been made for movies. Yeah, just remixes or, of them. That and Bustin', two songs. Yeah, you get to. There's also well, there's also remixes of uh, of of other songs to be used in movies, but only like slow, sad covers, like. You can't make a new song, but you can do like a really somber cover of uh, "Live Forever." Yeah, and put that in your Will Smith movie. Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought the you know the version of Ghostbusters that they played at the end of this movie was pretty good, pretty upbeat. Liked it, vibed to it. Um, love a shanty. Yeah, I, I love a I love a shanty. Yeah, no, but um. Considering the curse, the only, the only one I ever learned was fucking drunken sailor, and I think that really sets. I really think that sets some. Uh, not, I don't know how true that is of sailors, but uh, no matter how true it is, I feel like there are other things about sailors I should have learned from shanties instead of them just being slandered as being drunkards all the time. I actually I have a book of like Irish trad songs handy. Um, let me see if there's anything in here that we considered a shanty. Hearing, hearing, did you, uh, you said trad songs? Yeah. Uh, it just took me out of it for a second, because I, I, the, uh, because online is hell, and the only, ex the only, like, exposure I've had to trad in the last, like, two months is the words trad calf. I so hearing, don't know what that hearing, means. Hearing, oh, it's traditional Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> like, people are talking about their trad calf wife, like, their ideal trad calf wife, and it's bad. Yeah. 
Drunken oh, drunken sailors in this one. Um, I mean, many are asking what what do you do with a drunken sailor? You, I can tell you. Would you like me to tell you? Well, hold on. Now, is this something I can do with a drunken sailor early in the morning, or does it have to be like later in the day? Oh, it's got to be early in the morning. Okay, yeah, that'll work. That'll yeah, work. I mean, you can put him in the scuppers with a hosepipe on him if you if you okay. if you're feeling. You can hoist him aboard with uh, a running boat. I've been told that. You I've been told that you can put him in a longboat till he's sober. Uh, you, this this version says you put him in the brig until he's sober. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. They, uh, the uh, the version I had to sing for middle school choir would obviously cut out any references to prison, and instead, you know, what? it's weird that they it's weird that they would that they would let us sing about drunken sailors, but not uh, about prison. Damn, I can't believe your school choir replaced all the mentions of gun in drunken sailors with pointing fingers. <laughs> Oh, that's a good joke. Okay, uh, well, I'll put my trod ballad books back. Remember when, remember when Kaiba threw a card into someone's pointed fingers and then jammed their fingers? <laughs> okay, how actually did that scene work in the four kids dub? Because everyone knows the famous four, the famous Yu-Gi-Oh scene of uh, Kaiba Yu-Gi-Oh throwing a card into someone's at someone's gun specifically yeah. to block the hammer of the pistol. I'm sad from, to like, tell you, going. they just cut that out. Um, the, the man just pointed at Kaiba and then he just like walked away. He was like, no. Um, sorry. That's, uh, that's really funny, actually. Disappointed in four kids. Um, yeah. The, the, the... I mean, that's, that's, that's not surprising. Four kid, there was a One Piece arc that four kids just skipped over because one of the characters says, hey, that's an island. And then they're supposed to go to that island for a huge arc. And then they just continued past it and four kids just skipped the arc. Good, because when you go to an island, bad things happen, as we learned in this movie. Yeah, this is true. Um, well, before I forget about the uh, William Defoe curse speech, extremely good, really long curse, um, this starts off with Arpat saying, if I had a steak, I would fuck it. <laughs> and then they have an argument uh, about the lobster, then Defoe puts a curse on him for like five minutes, at the end of the curse, our pats is like, okay, fine. I like your cooking, and then everything's fine. It's, it's just there's just there's some really funny lines in this movie. There are there there's there's some really funny there. I mean, this probably has the most fart jokes <laughs> out of any horror movie I've seen. Willem or Defoe possibly any do a funny fart. This might be the most. This might have the most fart jokes of like any R-rated movie I've seen. It, it was definitely been any, any R-rated movie that I've seen. Actually, I take that back. I'm pretty sure the superhero movie has more <laughs> fart jokes. Fucking. <laughs> um, yeah, because like it, but it it becomes like an actual plot point. The farts. Whenever I think our pats like confronts Defoe and is like, "I'm sick of your fucking farts. I'm sick of your rotten dick and curdled foreskin." No, 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 no. It's not his fucking farts. It's his fucking farts. Or whatever, because I, I I truly love the the fucking chameleon that is our Pats's accent in this because it's we when we find out later that like he he uh his he murdered a he used to be like a lumber worker up in Quebec and he murdered a guy who'd been working there with him and took his identity and then moved to Boston where he was from so like. All of the accent, like, in, in inconsistencies mm. that you hear are just, like, him rapidly going, like, and you hear it at the end where he completely devolves and, like, loses the Boston and goes, like, full, like, full, full Canada with a lot of, I'm pretty sure he says, like, a boot a few times. Yeah, yeah. 
like like he 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 still hits the full sting on like thoughts, which is like a really he, he hits the full Boston on it. But like he really. His accent's super inconsistent. I think it's in a really cool way. Yeah. I, because I don't know what American accents sound like, like, I have no idea what a Boston accent. I've, like, to me, no offense to Canada, but to me, like, I have difficulty telling Canadian and American accents apart. I'm like, they kind of sound the same, but not. It's fine. Whatever. I don't know the difference. It's, they they pretty much do sound the same. It's, like, it's, like, a couple of, like, a couple of words, a couple of syllables, and, like, if you, if you don't speak, if you, if you do not, like, if you do not live in one or the other, it's probably pretty hard to notice. Yeah, but what I thought was happening was that, um, because I could barely tell, I was barely even recognized his recognized his accent as an American accent. I was like, what is going on here? So I thought that there was a few times in the movie that I thought he started to adopt like Willem Dafoe's accent. Like who has this just ridiculous like Somerset Poirier accent. Um Yeah. And I definitely and thought I, th- I definitely thought hang on, I'll come back to you. Hold that thought. I definitely thought that after the final fight, uh and our Pat starts doing fucking puppy play to Willem Dafoe, I could have sworn that Arpats was talking in Willem Dafoe's accent and like that their like roles had reversed fully. Yeah, because he's the puppy now. <laughs> because Willem Dafoe is puppy. <laughs> Willem Dafoe Detroit became puppy. Dafoe become puppy. Um <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah, what were you gonna say? Um I was just about to say the exact same thing that you were. Oh. Uh, uh, same but hat. uh I so yeah, same hat. Um, I gotta say, watching this movie the second time, I the the Willem Dafoe puppy play thing, and like we, if you haven't seen this movie, it kind of sounds like we're making a joke, but it's not. There, literally, Robert Pattinson puts a leash on Willem Dafoe and makes him walk on all fours into an open grave where he buries him. And Willem Dafoe <laughs> recites poetry as he's being buried. It rules. Yep, mouthful. Of, <laughs> please. <laughs> Please keep showering me with dirt. He's like eating the dirt. Poems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh, yummy! A delicious snack. I will simply eat my way out of this cocoon. Thank you, Robert. Oh. Hey, did you ever read Artemis Foil? Uh, I read some of the Eternity Code, but not really. I've just remembered the dwarves and how they eat dirt and shit it out, and that's how they operate. Yes, they eat. I remember the. I I read the. Uh, I read like the first volume or something of like the graphic novel of the first book, and I remember that because one of the first things that happens with the um, who's the mole character? I that? Like the, cannot. It's been so many years since I've read this book. The the mole character gets thrown in jail, and everyone's starting to beat him up, and then he unhinges his jaw and like puts the head of one of the inmates in his mouth and is like, "I'll fucking do it." <laughs> Yeah, God. That was fun. That was fun shit. Um, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of other things about this movie. I don't really have anything except to say that the original Robert Pat, the guy who, uh, the guy who Robert Pattinson killed and stole his identity, kind of looking like a thotty. The blonde guy. Yeah. Yeah, I was quite. I was initially, I had no idea who that was, partially because I think I I just had a hard time understanding the dialogue in this movie because their accents are really weird and they're like kind of like yelling or mumbling and you know, they're not, they're, they're kind yeah, of this movie, wild this, with this it. This is definitely a movie best served by subtitles. So yeah, and like I didn't have a version with subtitles so I was, and I was just like, ah, it'll probably be fine. Like, I'm sure the dialogue isn't too important. Um, and then I just kind of, yeah. I was like, who the fuck is this blonde guy? 
Um, but you know, I got most of the gist of it. Um, yeah, seeing it, th- seeing it in theater sure was a trip because it was like, wow, I got it out of, I got out of that theater and I was like, wow, I sure understood maybe sixty percent of that. Yeah, um, I had a thing. Um, I don't. Oh yeah, have, have any... we mentioned the fact? Because you know, Arpat's like his character's name is like Ephraim something. Um, Ephraim, yeah. But then once we find out that that was like a fake, like a stolen identity, like um. Defoe starts calling him Tom, Tommy, which is his name, but I don't know if that was actually Arpatz's quote-unquote original yep. name, or if... Uh, he he's... says that it was. Okay, okay. His, um, I... It's not Thomason, because Thomason is the girl from the other Robert Eggers movie. Uh-huh. But it is Thomas. I'm pretty sure. Let me double-check. You get, you get two, as it turns out. I don't know, we're, we're, near, we're near an R. I mean, like, there's, like, a lot. I could talk about this movie for, like, ages and ages, but um, we're kind of never end, if you let me say anything, everything that's in my notes. Um, and it's not all actually that important. Yeah, sorry, I'm, so. just trying to figure, I'm just trying to figure out, because I, I had a distinct memory of, of Robert Pattinson uh, call, saying, yeah, my name was Thomas, but I don't remember that for sure. And there's also a scene, I think it's the scene after they nearly kiss and then fight and then hold each other tenderly, where they're like, oh, I'm Tom. No, who are you? Or are you Tom? Oh, I'm Ephraim. You're like, and they're kind of becoming one. They they are become one. Defoe become one. Defoe become one. Uh, So that's... I've got nothing else to say about the lighthouse 2019. I, I mean, this there's a, there's a bunch, but whatever. I do want to give a shout out to like the end of the movie, where uh, our Pat's like looks into the light, um, because you know there's the whole throughout the whole movie he's like trying to get up into the. Not not from the start, but like he's trying to get up into the the bulb of the lighthouse and just cut to see what's up there and to see like why is Defoe so obsessed with it? Why is he? Um, and when he finally does get up and he like stares into the the bulb of the light, like then like there's like a you know in the sir, have you ever been to a lighthouse? Um, I think so, but it's been a long time. Because I like live near a local lighthouse and like it's just. Like they're really cool. Like the bulb of a lighthouse standing there inside, and there's just this huge. It's it does in fact rule. Um, and like so, our pads was entirely justified in murdering a mother man to get up there. Um, but when he does, it's I just really love this ending because like, he's covered in blood. Like his face is like nearly black with blood in the black and white shot. Um, uh-huh. And when he stares into the light. The, the, the sort of all the blood like it starts to clear off his face like it's not just that he's better illuminated like his face starts to clean up and he starts to like be purified by the light um and he starts screaming and coming yeah he starts screaming and coming like if for, his like... face is purified of blood and his balls are purified of cum <laughs> by yeah. having it come by having it bust out of him yeah and he's just like at this stage of the movie i was like genuinely incredibly engrossed incredibly excited i was like oh my god has arpats finally find the light will he be purified of all his murder crimes by the lighthouse hell yeah and then he got rejected by the lighthouse and, and then he falls down the fucking spiral staircase he says, oof, 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 eef, oof, ow, my liver is being pecked out by seagulls now. <laughs> yeah, and then he's, then he's just a corpse. And then I become Prometheus in my mind. 
Um, but yeah. So on a scale of on a scale of zero to five uh, one-eyed seagulls, how many how many one-eyed seagulls would you give this movie? Uh, five eyes, one for yeah, each five, seagull. Five eyes, five eyes, one per seagull. That's where I'm at too. Yeah. Um. Five eyes, burger and fries. That's that's a chain, right? This five guys. That, yeah, there five, it is. Yeah. Five. Yeah. That, yeah. That, there, there it is. Okay. Uh, we didn't get any questions this week, sadly, but so we're gonna go into recommendations. Uh, what do you got? I have. I was watching this movie and it made me think of another movie, um, which is a children's Irish children's cartoon, uh, or not cartoon, animation. Car- cartoons are animation. Um, called Song of the Sea. I don't know if you've heard of it. I have. That brings a that rings a very familiar bell. Is there like a remake of that coming out or something? No, no. Like it's just uh, it's just a very you know completely the opposite of horror, but it does take place on a lighthouse. It is very liminal, and it's just one of my favorite animated movies. Um, it's abs- It's just like an Irish children's film from a few years back, um, and like you know, it's a family. And they live on the lighthouse and they keep the lighthouse and there's selkies involved and there's just seals and it's like kind of completely the opposite of this movie but just i was just through the liminality of the sea and just like the magic of the sea that is portrayed in this it made me think of the cutest animated children's film that there is which is song of the sea yeah i'm looking at this now and i'm like you know this kind of reminds me of another movie is it uh, the, the secret, secret of Kells? yeah same, I, same yeah, director same and like, oh studio. okay same same director gotcha yeah cartoon saloon i think has had cartoon saloon did the breadwinner maybe i don't believe I they're just a the good irish animation um studio which oh are they hiring mm-hmm Ooh, costuming for an animated movie. That would be fun. I know, actually, um, fucking Rockstar Games was hiring costume designers the other day. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I said that, I like, halfway through that sentence, I was like, oh, that's probably a real job um, and it's actually, like, a, probably a very important thing. Yeah, but, like, I don't have any digital design experience, so, mm-hmm. like, I, I just, well, I didn't even bother to fly. Because I was like, I'm not going to te- you, you need to, like, Voltron-style team up with someone who is real, who is really good at digital production but has no idea what the fuck a costume even is, and you, you fuse, like, Voltron. Yeah. And then, that's, and then the lighthouse happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then when the dust clears, I'm lying completely dead on the beach. <laughs> when the seafoam uh, clears, and by seafoam we mean cum. Um, <laughs> yeah, what do you got? Do you think that was... So, in the scene when Robert Pattinson is watching... Uh, like gallons of jizz pour down through the grate on the floor of the light uh, uh, of the light of the lighthouse is that is that willem defoe's in some way or is that the lighthouse's come i thought it was because it is... willem defoe's come because he was just really so nutty come. for the light it was like a few drips but no no it comes like gooshing down i mean okay i for me that scene there was the few drips of cum, which I was like, ah, oh, that's Willem Dafoe's real cum. I mean, not, not in real life. And then it, for me, it was like, oh, and then it goes into liminality and the other world and the rest of the cum is like the imaginary lighthouse cum. Now, see, to me, I'm just imagining that, Rob, that Willem Dafoe just has really, really fat nuts. He's like a tanuki. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
have really fat nuts. I didn't know what a tanuki was until someone was like, a oh, Tom Nook from Animal Crossing's into tanuki, and I was like, oh cool, I've discovered a new animal that's really cute. And now I know some more about tanukis. I'm pretty sure tanuki have huge balls. I mean, my huge balls fact is that apparently like, sheep have the largest ball-to-body ratio of any animal. Um, cause... Okay, I... I... <laughs> Okay, so I need to clarify. I don't think actual tanuki have giant balls. Okay. But the creature, the, the yokai that is, the, there is also like a mythological creature in this. Um, I'm trying to think of like an an, 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 an uh, something analogous, but I'm completely coming up not with, not with nothing. But anyways, so there is a real tanuki, and then there is a fictional. There is like a mythological tanuki, and mythological okay. tanukis are always drawn with really really fat nards. Okay. Good for them. Hold on. The, I, there's this Gizmodo article. So I gotta... <laughs> here's the slug that loads into Google when I search it. One part of them has earned more fame than the rest. In real life, the scrotum of a tanuki is proportionate to the body. In art, tanuki use their huge... Dot, dot, dot. Nut. I'm gonna see what the end of that sentence is. Hold on. Okay. In art, tanuki use their huge scrota as canopies, blankets, and bludgeons. I love this. I love Tanuki's fat nards. So now, if you now, now you have to give Tom Nook fat balls. My God. <laughs> Tom I'm never Nook's playing Animal with... Crossing. Why do you think he's behind that desk all day? <laughs> no. My man Sagan Andrek. I'm so sorry. My regret. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> okay, bud. What's your recommendation, Sarah? My recommendation this week is I've been going... I went back and I have been playing the original Half-Life. And it's a really good video game. I've been inspired by the really funny videos done by uh, YouTube channel Wayne Radio TV. Uh, they're called, like, uh, Half-Life, but the but the AI is self-aware or something. It's like a just like a prolonged improv show where all of the improv people are uh, Half Life characters. Mm-hmm. It's very funny. I'm doing a bad job pitching it, but it's really really good. Uh, but that got me back in the mood to play through it. And I'm like I don't know, like four fifths of the way through. I'm definitely in like the last act, uh, and it's really good. That game holds up incredibly well. I I've played it before, but I never really got very far. I maybe made it like a like a quarter of the way in like six or seven years ago. And then about as far a uh, couple more a uh, couple of years prior, mm-hmm. but I never actually played through the game in its entirety, and it's really fucking good. Like, there are moments in it that have been somehow been kept from me, despite like I I, I played Half Life Two, and I play you know I, I see a lot of memes and funny videos of that, but there are moments of it that like genuinely took me by surprise, that I was really surprised, that I was genuinely shocked by, and it was like a good a really good like delivery of a cool moment and i thought it was i just think it's a, it's a cool video game mm-hmm. I, I don't um, know much about video i cannot i comment no, i don't know I, sorry i've got nothing that's fine um but that's gonna that's that's my recommendation this week uh i think that's everything so we're gonna move on into plugs uh sarah what do you have to plug this week um i'm i'm gonna 
plug. Uh, well, first, I mean, like, we talked about Naruto. I have a Naruto D Watch podcast called Never Believe It, which you know, if you like liminality and kind of people losing their minds, um, but this time while watching Naruto filler, then I would I would recommend Never Believe It. Uh, it's a good gag. Um, I'm, I'm currently doing a project where uh, the last episode we recorded. Uh, I do that with with Riley, who you might know from doing Interstitial and uh, Bed Bath and Bionicle. Uh, but they came up with the idea of, hey, what if um, we redub each other's audio tracks over? <laughs> and pretend to be each other, and then that's the episode. We re- so we do wild shit like that. Uh, we did an ASMR. So, so wait, wait, wait. what happens? In, what happened in that one is that you two recorded the episode proper send each other your audio files, and then, like, say that I just said, you know, like, I think Naruto's a cool guy, and then you would take that, and then you would record yourself I think saying, Naruto's a cool guy, and then we'd swap this. That sounds so fucking good! Um, so we're doing shit like that. Spoiler for our next episode, if we actually manage to pull that off. Um, so yeah, and we, that's, it's kind of a, it's a bit of a cult, but it's very fun. That sounds like an editing nightmare. Oh, this is a whole show is an editing nightmare. Um, what else? Oh yeah, I do. I do part of Greed, which is about Yu-Gi-Oh. Which is we're on. We're about to start season five, but we don't get to go to Egypt yet. We have to sit and play with our friend Seto Kaiba for a little while longer. Everyone's favorite boy, Seto Kaiba. Everyone's favorite boy. I'm looking at my Seto Kaiba Funko Pop, which I have right in front of me. What a good boy. Um, uh, I've I've posted him so it looks like he's about to kiss my uh, Yami Yugi Android because they're in love. Um, they are in love. I also, you know, I'm a costume designer, a costume maker. You can find me everywhere on the internet at Sarah Mook Costumes. That's S A R A H M C C Costumes. Um, and you know, I have stuff like I have a dice shop where I sell really big dice. The shop is called Really Big Dice. I make really big dice out of like foam. Um, and I'm still operational during quarantine season. Um, yeah, I've done. So if, you need some, if you need some big fucking dice to roll on, if you if you need if you dice know, that are bigger you, than your nuts, <laughs> I got you. The, the resignation in your voice as you made that joke. It's like if you need some that are bigger than your nuts. <laughs> Just make that the new tagline. Really big dice. Bigger than your nuts. They're bigger than your nuts. <laughs> it's like it's it's like pizzerias, how they'll do like uh uh, <laughs> uh you know, order in thirty minutes or your order's free. <laughs> bigger than your nuts or it's free. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, also um you can visit narutohead.band to find uh the Twitter for Never Believe It. That's such a good URL. <sighs> Thanks, Andrew. What is um, dot, what is dot band? Not, what? What is dot, oh? Is that probably that's probably just like for like music and shit? Yeah. Dot band. Narutohead dot band. All right. Yeah. Uh, so thank you so much for this, listening to this week's episode of Fear Baiting. We are at Fear Baiting everywhere. Uh, that's on Twitter. That's on Tumblr, which we don't use that often. That's on Gmail. That's on Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com slash Fear Baiting is where you can go to support the show. Uh, one buck a month is a tip jar. Sometimes we get episodes up early. Uh, five bucks a month. Uh, I'll, uh, you get shoutouts each month, or not each month, each week on Fear Baiting and The Wonder Yerks. 
Uh, we'll read a short message of your choosing, so if you want that, get that in. And also, $10 a month, you can make us watch a movie of your choice. Uh, so thank you very much to Michael Kaiser, Paul Moran, Kit Spindler, Paul Bechtel, and Ducky Aisha. We love you all so much. If you want to find more of me, I am at SunHatGenia on Twitter, S-U-N-H-A-T-Z-H-E-N-Y-A. Uh, the music for this episode was provided by Seda, uh, who can be found making music under the handle People You Meet Outside of Bars. Uh, you can check them out under that name or just go to gaygothvibes.online to find more of their stuff. Mm. This episode was edited by Blair Kitch. Thank you very much, Blair. Uh, at Blair Kitch on Twitter. Uh, we love him so much. We do. Um, I love you, you, Blair. You can listen to other podcasts I'm on, like, uh, the, like the Wonder Years, which I do with the aforementioned Blair and Seda. And uh, Henry Kissinger's Pokemon Going to Die, the leftism podcast made for, by, of, and for, again, the Terminally Online. Uh, uh, Sarah's been on that a couple of, once or twice to talk about the state of Irish politics. Because that's always fun. It's always fun. Yeah. Um, I think that's everything. So until next time, and remember, no episode next week. Uh, until next time, I'm Sarah. I'm also Sarah. And remember... You can fuck a stick anywhere. <laughs> <laughs>